Good morning, dear listener. You're welcome to NASCO Moments. How many times have you washed your hands today? Remember to always stay safe. I am your host, Hudun Gyang. Today we shall be talking about dyslexia in children, how parents and schools can better address the challenge. Dyslexia is characterized by the difficulty in reading and writing, but may also occur in children with other associated symptoms apart from the difficulty in reading. In Africa, our usual response to such problems includes the physical beating of such children or resorting to spiritual measures, which often leaves these children scarred and traumatized. These are the responses that make matters worse rather than better. In the end, the ultimate state of the child becomes much worse than the initial. On the NASCO Moments show this morning, we have Dr. Rosalind Yopet, Director, Open Doors for Special Learners. You're welcome to the show, Dr. Rosalind. Thank you. Listener, do stay tuned. We shall return after this break to talk about dyslexia in children, how parents and schools can better address the challenge. Brightest white detergent, Brightest white detergent, Brightest for your brightest wash, Brightest for your brightest wash, Brightest. Ever since I discovered the secret of Brightex white detergent, my clothes come fresh, bright and clean always. It's mild on clothes and good for my washing machine. Thank you, Brightex. Brightex detergent cleans deep stains and dirt from your clothes, keeping it fresh and bright so your clothes don't fade. It lasts longer. Brightex white detergent, a quality product from NASCO. Take the Brightex advantage today and keep your clothes fresh, bright and clean. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. You're welcome back to NASCO Moments. I'm Hudun Gyang and we're talking about dyslexia in children, how parents and schools can better address the challenge. Our guest today is Dr. Roslyn Yilpet, Director, Open Doors for Special Learners. Now we'll get to the business of the day. Dr. Roslyn, what does dyslexia mean? Dyslexia is actually a specific learning disability that is based on neurobiology um, origin, okay? And it can affect the reading, writing, spelling, how well a child can speak, how well a child can understand you speak. Mm. Okay, so um, what are the different types of dyslexia? It's easier to just focus like on four, okay? Sometimes you hear five or six things like primary, secondary dyslexia. It's easier to say, okay, you have um, phonological, which means the child has difficult understanding sounds and putting them together to be able to read, because you have to know sounds to read, right? And then you can also say they have a, a visual, okay, dyslexia, which means that they have problems processing what they see. Um, parents see this, if you see a child who's say nine, 10 years old, and he's still writing a B for a D, okay, so that's a visual, then there's auditorial, so they have auditory problem. They maybe they can't hear the sound that you're saying, so they think you're saying um, sit, and maybe you're saying pit. They're having problems with sound. And then the last one, I kind of call it different. It's called dysgraphia, but it's also part of dyslexia where um, they have problems writing, holding the pen, writing, um, which affects just being able to read. That's a lot. Um, what are the signs and symptoms of dyslexia? Well, beginning with, of course, is difficulty reading, okay, especially reading out loud. Also, spelling. Um, no matter how hard the child may try, he may just, because he can't hear the sounds, he can't spell words correctly. 
and I'm going to hear some other there. Mainly, is you, you have the reading and you have the spelling. Um, they often avoid activities with reading, anything about reading, and they mispronounce words. Sometimes parents will think the kids are just dull. Um, so, at what point should they really start thinking it might be serious? Um, when you start seeing it affect their behavior at home, and at a certain age, most children start reading around primary one, primary two, but you have a child in primary three or four and they're not reading, you notice some problems. Actually, I always tell people um, in the Western world, in the United States, they can estimate how many children um, are going to end up in prison, how many people end up in prison, by how many children in the inner city are not reading at the primary three level. So your child should be reading by primary three. Mm -hmm. All right, um, so what causes this dyslexia really? It is neurological, okay, and it's genetic. So there's no cause for it. We don't really know what causes it, you know. So, but it's it's not, no one can be blamed for it. I was gonna say that at the end. You know, parents can't be blamed for it, schools can't be blamed for it. It's a logical, neurological disorder. Okay, so um, you can't just start racking your brain to say this is where you went wrong, or maybe no. some people might think naturally, people might think, oh, maybe the child fell and hit his head or something. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that, that doesn't cause it. Mm. No, it's something that comes from birth. Mm. All right. Now, what are the associated conditions that occur as a result of the emergence of dyslexia in a child? One of the first things you tend to see is the children, you know, their age, their primary three, primary four, nine, ten years old, they start having attention deficit disorder, hyperactive disorder. Um, mainly they can't focus on things basically because they can't read. Um, you start seeing a lot of behavior problems. You know, when you see children in four, primary four and five misbehaving, um, see if they can read because they're frustrated. You know, when a child is frustrated, what does he do? He tries to gear the attention someplace else. So he looks at the behavior, you know, the teacher looks at the behavior and not the fact that he can't read. Another problem is um, memory. You start seeing children um, having dyslexia. They, sometimes they have short-term memory problems or even long-term where you can teach the child something one day and the next day he doesn't remember it. Another thing he made by time primary four, he has problems with math. Because what does math have involved? Words. And he can't read the words, so they can't do the math problems. Now, that's, uh, that's quite a lot for it a is. child to deal with. It is. Um, but how well are we even dealing with it over here? Is there enough uh, information about this? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. And what well, the sad part is our government, if you look at our policy of education, our government looks like we're doing a wonderful job in everything. And yet, practically, we're not doing anything for dyslexia or a lot of other disabilities. But um, do we have a lot of it? Can you have you seen a lot of children with dyslexia? What would the percentage be like? I started teaching in Nigeria in 1978, and I would probably say probably have at least one kid in every class of 30 that has dyslexia, that has problems, but it's not noticed. And that's where your parents and your teachers have to be very, very observant. When they see a child having difficulty reading, they have to attack it head on. So when it's not attacked, you just think uh, this child is just isn't smart and you probably withdraw the child from school or something. Right. Oh, like you said, you think the child is dull. He's stupid. You know, um, that's one of my biggest frustrations and constantly putting the child down. And you don't realize as the child grows older, his self-esteem gets pressed further and further down. And he starts to hate school and anything doing with books. Mm. 
and even though we, we do have something that we can do about it. But we'll talk more about that uh, when we return. Uh, Dr. Rosalind Yopet, thank you for your answer so far. Listeners, stay tuned. We shall be right back. Mama Shakara, eh? this your shabby city shine <laughs> And how don't fit? How manage? Ah, my sister. Now, Brightex white detergent, oh. Brightex detergent, not the fade cloth at all at all. And if they wash clothes clean, well, well, it gets power to come out all the nyama nyama stain and dirty no matter how it be. You not go chop and so? No, you know the chop and do. And it's good for washing machine too. Eh? Mama Shakara, me too now. Brightex detergent I go to use to wash all my clothes now, so that I go to shine, shine and scent, scent and make Shakara like you so. <laughs> Brightex white detergent, a quality product from Nasco. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex for the brightest wash. Welcome back to the Nasco Moment Show. My name is Hudun Gang. We're talking about dyslexia in children, how parents and schools can better address the challenge. Our guest today is Dr. Rosalind Yilpet, Director, Open Doors for Special Learners. Now let's get back to the conversation. Now we're coming to parents now. Parents, okay. guardians, teachers. How can they assist dyslexic children? First of all, parents, teachers, and guardians, they need to be very observant. They need to pay attention when children are running away from reading, they're avoiding reading, they don't want to read out loud um, because they can't read, so they need to be observant. Second of all, they need to be patient. Um, our parents were not patient and our teachers were not patient. So we need to be very patient. We need to um, challenge, you know, assist the child to want to love reading. I tell parents from the time the child is born, always have books in, around the house have books at home so they can get used to the print. And then as they're growing up, say four, five, six years old, let them flip the page and tell you what, you know, they can make up their own story from the book. But then by the time they get in primary one and two, they should start being able to put the sounds together. And so the parents need to observe that this child can't can't do that. You know, if he sees the word cat, he can't put the C-A-T sound together to make that word cat. So parents need to be observant. All right, now, um, how can stigma and other negative responses uh, of people to dyslexic children be prevented? First of all, don't embarrass the child. I mean, you probably have seen children in class being called to stand up to read, and he can't read, and then the whole class starts laughing at him. So keep that embarrassment away because you're, you're destroying his self-confidence. Instead, if possible, send the passage home the night before with the child and ask the parent to help them read it. Um, if, if that's a problem, just don't call on a child at that time. Or we don't know how to, what I call um, an education, they call scaffold. You cut down the passage. So if the class is going around and everyone's reading a paragraph, for this child that you know who has dyslexia, just give him a sentence to read and say thank you, praise him for what he tries to do, and move on to the next child. Okay, so he might not be able to read a, a passage or a paragraph, but he will be able to read one sentence? He may be, depending on what grade level he's at and what, you know how far he is. But bring it down. You, the thing is, try to keep from embarrassing him, okay? Because his self-confidence is already very low. How, how effective is it for a dyslexic child to learn at the same time with other kids who are learning normally? It's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult. But the thing is, teachers have to, teachers and parents have to learn strategies that they can use to help that child learn. Um, what they can use to help them understand some of the sounds if he's having problems with sounds. Also, if he has visual processing, if he has a book that maybe has like a paragraph on it, 
sometimes visual processing, the words are kind of like floating on the page. Mm -hmm. And so what you do is you get a ruler or a piece of paper and you have them go one line at a time. So that child with dyslexia needs more one-on-one -on -one attention and he needs a teacher even at home after school sometime just to help him. Okay. Um, now, are there any examples of famous people who were achievers despite their struggles with dyslexia that, that you can tell us about? Oh, definitely. Dyslexia um, is a di disability. It's not a disease, which I will mention later on. It's not a disease. And so therefore you can comp overcompensate for it and learn how to do other things. So one of the most famous people that we know is Albert Einstein who invented electricity and the light bulb. Um, I was looking up last night too, and they talked about, I can't pronounce his name, but there's a famous Nigerian radio and TV host named IK um, that is also has dyslexia. We know um, Steven Steinberg for his movies, all the different movies, Jurassic Parks and other things. So there's football players, there's an American football player, um, there's probably Nigerian football players too. So you can still do other things, Dyslexia is not who you are, it's just part of you. And so you can't let that stop you from, dream, you know, you can't let the child dreams not go, go forward, especially if it doesn't involve reading. Now I'm shocked that Albert Einstein had dyslexia because we all know how smart he was. So. Oh, the thing about dyslexia and any specific learning disability is that the child has to have a normal IQ. Mm -hmm. So they are often very brilliant. Okay, they just have a problem processing sounds or visual problems, you know, with reading. Hmm. Now, what are the treatment options available for dyslexic children? This, first of all, it's not a treatment because it's not a disease. Okay, we always think of it being a disease, so we think there's a cure. Hmm. And a lot of parents have been um, fooled and convinced that, oh, if you get supplements and do this and do that, this type of diet, then you're going to help that problem in the brain. The problem in the brain has already been there, okay? So you're not gonna change no matter what type of supplement, what type of things you do for the child. So what you have to do, you have to find out interventions and strategies to help the child be successful. One of the things, if his process problem is visual, and then that means he may be strong auditorial. So when he has the book, get someone, he has a book that he has to read and answer questions, get someone to tape or record that book and let him listen to the book. And then he'll be able to understand without having to read it. Also, we were really bad in Nigeria um, in the issue of exams. You know, everything's about exams. You know, your YAC exam, um, the JAM exam. But legally, a child with dyslexia is supposed to have as much time as necessary to finish it. If he needs to take breaks, he's supposed to be able to take breaks. And also, he, if he needs all examination, he should be given all examination. So basically what I'm saying, techniques, you have to find strategies. There's no um, cure because it's not a disease. Mm. And we're not offering them those options you just mentioned. No, we do not. We don't. And that's why I feel exam. like parents, parents have to fight. Parents have to fight. I have at Open Doors several cerebral palsy children that had brain injury during birth or soon after. But, they, but it affects their motor skills, their writing skills, but intellectually, they're brilliant. And so what I've done is I've taken them over to a nearby school, Coken Headquarters School, which I started in 98, and have them go there, but also have their parents buy them a, a computer, a laptop. 
So they do all their primary and five assignments on the laptop mm -hmm. because they can't do the handwriting. And those are um, what they call accommodations that YEC and um, JAM are supposed to provide for any child with a learning disability. Yeah. So as you've already started about what, what what more should government do? What effort should we see from them and even other like-minded organizations? What should they do? Apart from spreading awareness about the condition, what should they do to make uh, to accommodate the needs of these children? Well, you said this key word, accommodate. They need to accommodate each child. Every person is an individual. So every person, um, dyslexia or whatever their disability, is going to show up in a different way. So you have to look at the child individually and meet with their needs as a so they can reach their fullest potential because there's nothing wrong with their IQ, their intellectual ability. But you have to give them the chance to show that to you. So if they have to do it orally, let them do it orally. If they have to do it on a, on a computer, let them do it on a computer. If they have to take a whole day to do a one-hour exam, let them take a whole day. It looks like we need a lot of advocacy in this area and also to look at examples from other countries and yes. how they are managing uh, this kind of situation. So uh, what, what parting words do you have for the listener and anyone listening to this conversation? Well, first of all, no one's to blame. We always want to blame someone. We want to blame the mother. She didn't do something right. Uh, we want to blame the neighbor that the neighbor put a curse on the family. Um, and then we want to try to find a cure. We want to take them to the spiritual house and pray over them and, and beat them and do whatever you want to do. So first of all, let's not blame anyone. It is a neurological problem. Leave it at that. You can't do anything about it, but you can use intervention and strategy to overcome it. Or not, you don't really overcome it. It's going to always be there, but to still be successful in what you want to do. Second of all, like I said, it's not a disease, so don't let people think that you can get out of it. And finally, try to find um, early intervention for the child. Observe your child at the age of four and five. If he's starting to have problems pronouncing certain words and listening to you, or certain letters like the R sound or the L sound, start getting help for them early. The earlier you can get intervention, the more success successful the child will be. Okay, I, I think I need to ask you one more question before you, before you go. Would you recommend when you notice these problems and you understand that your child has dyslexia, would you recommend looking for a special school for this child or would you recommend still staying uh, in regular schools? Recommend staying in regular school but get the child help after school or if possible um, in the classroom. Um, what we do in the Western world is we get the person, they have a one-on-one -on -one person that would go to class with them and help them um, with the assignments and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, no, there's special schools here that go, even open doors. We do have a special reading clinic where we have had children come in for like one or two years, um, a couple hours a day for reading help and then take them back into the regular classroom. So, actually, you know, there's not many special schools in Nigeria. To start with. Right. So, Get help at mm. home. All right. Thank you very much, Dr. Rosalind Neopet, for uh, enlightening us and talking to us about dyslexic children today. You're welcome. I think uh, the more people know about this, uh, the better it will be for the children who are dyslexic. Um, take away all those negative interventions that uh, we're used to. All right, dear listener, I hope you have found today's episode to be informative as well as educative on the various issues that surround dyslexic children. 
We have to end the show here, but you can follow NASCO's social media handles for all the exciting information you can get. Visit www.facebook.com slash NASCO group. You are encouraged to freely send feedback on any aspect of the NASCO Moments radio show to the email info at nasco.net or by text through the dedicated care line 0805-774-7777. This week on the NASCO Moments Trivia, our question is, what is the name of the disorder in which nerve cell activity in the brain is disturbed, causing seizures? Send the correct answer via text to 0805-774-7777. Include your full name and exact location. Last week's trivia question was, what mental health disorder is characterized by feelings of worry, anxiety or fear that are strong enough to interfere with one's daily activities? The answer is anxiety disorder. And we have one winner, Nana Sambu from Genta. Congratulations. We'll call you and tell you how to claim your NASCO gift basket. The NASCO Moments radio talk show has been brought to you by NASCO Group. It was created by Unimark Limited Marketing Communications Consultants. Executive Producers, NASCO Marketing Department. Producer, Harun Audu. Research and Content Development, Chris Hammond and Harun Audu. Production Coordinators, Solomon Audu, Deborah Galadima and Alex Rubin. Until next time, stay safe. Always wash your hands, wear face masks in public, practice social distancing and always carry a hand sanitizer with you. As always, my name is Hudun Gyan and this is NASCO Moments. Mm-hmm.